Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and the news just keeps coming. As we start to wrap up 2023, we talk about the shocking news of Paramount and Warner Brothers Discovery merging? A possible merger? Along with that, Lionsgate is spinning off their studio. And before we go over that though, we have the numbers. So let's talk about the domestic top five. Opening in first place was Wonka with $39 million. In second place was The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes with $5.8 million for a total of $145.2 million. Third place was The Boy and the Heron with $5.1 million for a total of $23.1 million. In fourth place was Godzilla minus one with another $4.8 million for a total now of $34.2 million. And in fifth place was Trolls Band Together with $4 million for a total of $88.7 million. Wonka right now looks like it will be the big holiday movie, assuming Aquaman doesn't surprise anyone. The movie had a good opening weekend, and it got an A- cinema score, so it will also have good word of mouth from the audiences. This is definitely hitting right now $125 million domestically, and possibly even $150 million. Question really at this point is with the holiday legs, because as we know, movies typically have better legs over the holidays, does that get it to $200 million? That's something to watch out for. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is still holding on well and will pass $150 million. It's had a really good run so far from its opening weekend. The Boy and the Heron dropped 60% from its opening weekend, so not as steep as other anime movies, and right now seems to be playing like a regular movie. In China, Endless Journey opened in first place with $20.1 million, and with previews, it's now at $34.1 million. Second place was Wolf Hiding, which opened to $11.2 million. In third place was Detective Conan Black Iron Submarine, which opened to $10.1 million. Fourth place was Love Life Light, with $6.4 million, for a total now of $26.5 million. And in fifth place was The Invisible Guest, with $2.8 million, for a total of $21.9 million. Wonka and Migration have dropped off hard, with the films at $5.5 million and $1.5 million, respectively. Taking a look at worldwide numbers, Wonka earned $53.6 million internationally, for a worldwide total of $151.4 million. Napoleon earned $8 million, for a worldwide total now of $188.4 million. Wish earned $12.2 million. For a worldwide total of 126.2 million. Migration earned 5.2 million. For an international total of 12.3 million. And The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, is now at $300.5 million worldwide after earning 6.5 million internationally. And for news in Hollywood, there was one story dominating the headlines. And that is there have been talks between Paramount and Warner Bros. Discovery about merging. Axios broke the news that David Zasloff and Bob Baker met to have what is right now preliminary discussions about what a merger might look like. Deadline is reporting 
It happened at Paramount's office in New York City, and as Sherry Redstone was not part of the meeting, she met with Zasloff separately earlier in the week. As for why they are talking now, Variety is reporting that this is sooner than what Warner Brothers would have liked, but felt forced to make a move after it came out that David Ellison and Skydance were in talks as well. Now, we don't know what they talked about, but let's assume they merged. You would have Paramount Pictures, I would assume, become a subsidiary of Warner Bros., right? Uh, Max and Paramount Plus would merge to become a mega streaming service. Those would be the big changes, and probably, sadly, along with that, include layoffs. Uh, besides that, the combined company would have a bigger share of the cable channel market, and they would also be a major player in news, now having owned CNN and CBS. So that is what a potential new company would look like if they were to merge. Now, there are quite a few issues with this. First, regulatory-wise, I doubt the government would just sign off on this without a massive sell-off of assets. The government has been trying to crack down on mergers, and if two of the big four traditional studios are planning to merge, then they're going to try and stop it. Then we get into the issue of what gets sold off and to who. Then on top of this, there would be a compounding debt and free cash flow problem. Warner Brothers Discovery has been doing a good job right now in increasing free cash flow to pay off debt as fast as possible, even with some of their unfavorable decisions. Paramount themselves also have a few billion in debt. By combining the companies and let's assume their debt, Warner Brothers Discovery basically goes back to where they started back in 2022 with the amount of debt they have to pay off. Also, for free cash flow, the ad sales on the cable channels help with that a lot. They really do. They, they're declining, but they bring in a good amount of money. The issue here is, if you're combining the cable channels, you'll have more free cash flow, but temporarily, uh, if we're assuming, the sales are still going to go down. So, it's a short-term fix to a long-term problem. I think with all these potential issues, investors aren't too happy with the idea uh, as Warner Brothers Discovery shares dropped 6% and Paramount shares dropped 2% after the news broke. Personally, I don't want to see this merger go through, as the consolidation here would be too much. Like, Paramount needs new owners, fine. But it should be Skydance or a complete outsider that buys them, not one of the other big four. Especially when they can barely afford to. Also, due to the Warner Brothers and Discovery merger back in 2022... The company can't do anything until April 2024 anyway. So even on the off chance that this does move forward, we'll be waiting a few months to see anything happen. In the middle of this happening, Bloomberg is reporting that Byron Allen has come back to Paramount with a new offer to buy some of its assets for $3.5 billion. This is up from his $2.7 billion offer earlier in 2023. As for what he wants for $3.5 billion, he wants BET, BET+, BET Studios, and VH1. So a lot of movement is going on at Paramount right now in regards to selling assets or selling itself completely. This is a story I think will dominate a good amount of 2024. In other studio news, Lionsgate announced their spin-off plans regarding spinning off the studio. What's going to happen is Lionsgate will be using the SPAC method of doing this, so it'll be taking its studio business and merging with Screaming Eagle Acquisition Corp to make Lionsgate Studios Corp. The new company will include film and TV production, distribution, and the Lionsgate catalog. The deal values Lionsgate Studio 
at about 4.6 billion, and the now Lionsgate parent company will own 87.3% of its shares. Once this is done, expected sometime in the spring, Lionsgate will get $350 million and plans to use some of it to pay off its debt, including some of the debt they made by buying E1. So the spinoff is finally happening, and with this you should expect Lionsgate Studio to be a highly valued target to be bought out. Make no mistake, part of the reason they are doing this is to get a good return on the studio. There are people out there interested in Lionsgate the studio and what they distribute and what they produce, but they don't want to deal with stars. That means cable channels and another streaming service. Once this is done, it's more clear cut for someone to come in with an offer to just buy the studio. And honestly, I would say once this is official, someone will probably buy the studio in about 18 months. That's my bet. In the middle of all this business news, Jonathan Major's trial has ended. The actor was found not guilty on two charges, but he was found guilty on two. Those two include harassment and reckless assault. He was not found guilty of aggravated assault in the second degree and intentional assault in the third degree. His sentencing is set for February 6th, and he could be sent to prison for up to a year. Disney and Marvel Studios moved fast, as they were probably ready just in case, and they have already fired him. He will no longer be playing a Kang the Conqueror anymore, as they decide what to do next. I would hope they just decide to recast and move on, but we'll see. We got a lot of new release dates from Crunchyroll. They will release Demon Slayer to the Hirsha training on February 23rd. This is not like Mugen Train, and it is instead more similar to the Swordsmith Village, where it's not really a brand new movie, but instead it is episodes from the anime put together. The movie will have the last episode of the last arc, and the first episode of the Hashima training arc. So personally, I would not expect this to do huge numbers like Mugen Train. Domestically, um, looks uh, to the Swordsmith Village did about 10.1 million domestically, so probably something around that. Lionsgate will release The Strangers Chapter 1 on May 17th. The horror film is a remake of the first one that came out back in 2008. Lionsgate and Roadside Attractions will be releasing a new rom-com called Scrambled on February 2nd. From Apple, we now know the release dates of the two movies Sony will be distributing for them. Project Artemis, starring Scarlett Johansson, Training Tatum will come out July 12th, while Wolves, starring George Clooney and Brad Pitt, comes out September 20th. Personally, I'm really looking forward to Wolves. Universal has unveiled that the upcoming DreamWorks animated film The Wild Robot will come out September 20th, 2024. And an exclusive from Deadline, they are reporting that Amazon MGM Studios will be releasing Red One in theaters on November 15th. This is their big holiday movie starring Dwayne Johnson and Chris Evans. Kind of curious how that's going to do at the box office. BAFTA is following in the footsteps of the Academy Awards by changing the requirements for films to qualify for best film. Currently, the requirement is that a film needs to have a minimum of 10 screenings per day for seven days. And as of 2025 going forward, the new requirement is that the film must be shown to a paying audience in at least 50 commercial screens in the UK for seven days. Basically, they want streamers to start playing their films in more theaters for at least a few days to qualify. Right now, they can get away with this, just running in a few theaters in the major cities like London and Liverpool and call it a day. Now, they could still do that by spreading out the 50 theaters across the big cities, but on the other hand, they could just play it in theaters in some of the smaller cities as well to still qualify. Sadly, we did have a few deaths this week, Mike Nussbaum died at the age of 99. He was in numerous films and shows, including Men in Black, 
Fatal Attraction, L.A. Law, and Frasier, to name a few. James McCaffrey died at age 65 after battling cancer. He was an actor both on TV and in video games. For TV shows, he starred in Rescue Me, Suits, and Blue Bloods. And for video games, he was the voice of Max Payne for the Max Payne series, and also recently voiced Alex Casey in Alan Wake 2. Max Payne 3 was a great game, and he was a great voice actor. It came out this week that Ryan O'Neill died due to congestive heart failure. Thoughts and prayers are with their families during this tough time. May they rest in peace and fuck cancer. In an update on Scream 7, director, or now former director, Christopher Landon announced on X that he left the film. Quote, I guess now is as good a time as any to announce. I formally edited Scream 7 weeks ago. This will disappoint some and delight others. It was a dream job that turned into a nightmare. And my heart did break for everyone involved. Everyone. But it's time to move on. I have nothing more to add to the conversation other than I hope West legacy thrives and lifts above the din of a divided world. What he and Kevin created is something amazing, and I was honored to have even the briefest moment basking in their glow. End quote. So yeah, whether Spyglass wanted it or not, Scream 7 is fully going back to the drawing board. Deadline has the exclusive on this and that is Vertical Entertainment. have bought the US distribution rights to Poolman. This is Chris Pine's directorial debut and stars himself, Danny DeVito, and Annette Benning. It is set for a theatrical release sometime in 2024. Neon has bought the US distribution rights to Immaculate. This is a horror film directed by Michael Mohan and is produced by and stars Sidney Sweeney. The film will get a theatrical release at some point in the future. In an exclusive from Deadline, Ben Stiller is signing on to star in Nutcracker. The film is being directed by David Gordon Green and is currently in production in Ohio. This is Ben Stiller's first lead role in six years. I think it's good news overall. I miss Stiller leading films, so to see him again is great, and I think for Green... He needs a break from the horror films, so this is just what he might need to get his career back on track. And let's start with Apple TV Plus as we switch over to VOD Premium. Uh, Deadline is exclusively reporting that the family plan is a hit on the service. The Mark Wahlberg action comedy had the biggest debut for a movie on Apple TV Plus and is already the most viewed movie now as well. They are also reporting that overall viewership is up 42% year over year in 2023. So overall, people are watching more on Apple TV+. They are reporting that overall viewership is up 42% year over year in 2023. So overall, people are watching more on Apple TV+. Over at Stars, they have canceled The Shining Veil vale after two seasons. And not only is it canceled, but it is being removed from Stars as well. The show was made by Warner Brothers TV, so I would assume they would now shop the show around to see if anyone wants it. Speaking of Warner Brothers, let's talk about Max. Deadline is exclusively reporting that they have canceled Warrior after three seasons. However, in some good news, it is not being removed from the service. The show will still be available on Max, and they also signed a licensing deal with Netflix, and it'll be available there sometime in February. HBO has renewed The Gilded Age for a third season. The show just finished airing its second season. At Paramount Plus, a new South Park special is available to watch called South Park Not Suitable for Children with the focus parroting OnlyFans. I wonder how that lawsuit is going with Warner Brothers over South Park. At FX, What We Do in the Shadows is ending after its upcoming sixth season. For Peacock, the holdovers will be available to stream starting December 29th. 
This is the film directed by Alexander Payne and stars Paul Giamatti, and right now looks like it'll be in contention for some awards at the Oscars. Roku released the top 10 searches of 2023 for multiple categories. For movies, the most searched was Super Mario Bros. Movie, Puss in Boots The Last Wish, and Avatar The Way of Water in third place. The most watched TV shows were the most searched TV shows were Yellowstone, SpongeBob SquarePants, and Paw Patrol in third place. The most searched actor for the year was Adam Sandler, and the most searched actress was Melissa McCarthy. Disney is working on consolidating their streaming services in Latin America, with them working on integrating Star Plus into Disney Plus. After Star Plus programming is available on Disney Plus sometime in Q2 of 2024, they will then work on shutting down Star Plus. This is similar to how they are integrating Hulu in the United States, except going one step further and shutting down the service. It does make sense to integrate it because for most of the world, Star was already part of Disney+. Plus In Latin America, where it was its own service, um, you know, and after Hulu integration is done, that would be the only territory left for Disney where they have separate streaming services. Also in Latin America, Variety is exclusively reporting that MGM Plus is expanding to Latin America and has also made a deal with Lionsgate to license shows and films from Lionsgate as well as Star's. It will first be made available as a prime video channel for Lionsgate Plus customers in Mexico and Brazil starting in January. Prime Video released a trailer for their upcoming new show, Expats, starring Nicole Kidman. show comes from Lulu Wang and is from an adaptation of a book called The Expatriates, which follows a group of expats living in Hong Kong. The show will premiere on January 26th, with two episodes followed by weekly releases until February 23rd. Prime Video also released a trailer highlighting everything that is coming out over 2024. This includes Fallout, The Boys, and a quick look at the upcoming Roadhouse movie as well, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. An exclusive from Variety, they are reporting that Honest Thief, starring Liam Neeson, is getting a release on multiple streaming services in China. This was done by Leading Media, uh, with the film being available starting December 25th on IQIYI, Yoku, Tencent, and Billy Billy. This is noticeable because it took leading media almost two full years to get an online release permit. This shows that while Hollywood film releases in theaters are back to normal, releases on streaming still have ways to go. Hopefully it improves sooner rather than later. We got the Nielsen Top 10 charts for the week of November 20th to the 26th. And in first place overall is the animated film Leo with 1.5 billion minutes watched. Second place was Squid Game, The Challenge, with 1.4 billion minutes watched. And third place was Bluey, with 1.1 billion minutes watched. Netflix released a trailer for Dave Chappelle's upcoming stand-up special called The Dreamer. It comes out December 31st. They also released a teaser trailer for an upcoming movie called Spaceman, uh, directed by Joan Rennick. It stars Adam Sandler, Paul Dano, and Carey Mulligan comes out March 1st. Hey look, it seems like Sandler is playing a more serious role here, so that immediately gets me more interested in watching it. In a casting update, T.O.U. has been cast in the upcoming se second season of The Recruit, where he will play a South Korean NIS agent. He recently starred as one of the leads in Past Lives. Great film, by the way. Bloomberg is reporting that Netflix is developing a Wednesday spin-off focused on Uncle Fester, played by Fred Armisen. I mean, look, Wednesday was a massive hit for them, 
it's not surprising that they are trying to build this out to be a full franchise with multiple shows. On the Netflix top 10 charts, Leave the World Behind was number one in English movies and number one overall with 44.9 million views. In second place on the movie charts was Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget with 11.9 million views. On the English TV charts, My Life with the Walter Boys came in first place with 12.8 million views. And The Crown's sixth season came in second place with 5.8 million views. This is largely due to the final episodes having been released. On the non-English TV charts, the live-action adaptation of Yu Yu Hakusho debuted in first place with 7.7 million views. And that's it for this episode of Box Office Receipts. If you want to follow me on Threads X or Facebook, links to those are in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.